It is a, a pleasure to be here with you tonight. Um, according to this clock up here, I have 57 minutes, so I need about an hour and a half. So is that okay? Yeah. I'm not going to go that long at all. Trust me, trust me, trust me. But hey, if you brought your Bible, or if you have the Bible that's in there, hey, I want you to open up to uh, the book of Judges. I think it's page 244 or something in that Bible. Uh, I'm going to read a few passages, and then I'm going to pray, and then we're going to jump into it. So when you're at Judges chapter 6, say Amen. And there might be some scriptures that are going to be up on the Jumbotron. Um, hey, are y'all enjoying the Olympics? Yeah. I'm an Olympic junkie. I absolutely uh, love them. Uh, USA all the way. So if you're from Canada, I'm sorry. Um, but it's all good. It's all good in the hood. Hey, are y'all, ju- Judges chapter 6, say Amen. Super. I'm going to read it out of my Bible. My Bible's a little bit different, um, but uh, you'll be able to track along. So I'm going to read a few verses, and I'm going to pray, and then we're going to jump into it, all right? Uh, here we go. I'm going to start in verse 12. It says, The angel of the Lord appeared to him, Gideon, and said, Mighty hero or warrior, um, the Lord is with you. Sir, Gideon replied, um, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Something's going on. Something's going on in Gideon's life. There is something that's taking place where Gideon is asking questions. He's perplexed about something. I mean, where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? And didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites? And then the Lord returned to him and said, Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel um, from the Midianites. I am sending you. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for tonight. And God, there are so many things that are going on in our life, and we want to pause in this moment, and we want to seek you. Um, God, we believe um, that you are for us. You're not against us, and we gather in this place. We want to hear from you, the one that will always lead us straight, the one that will always lead us to a life that matters, a life that has purpose. Um, so God, would you speak to us tonight? For those that are in here that maybe they, they're their life, maybe their head is just downcast. God, I pray that your grace would lift them up. God, that you would allow faith to increase in their life to, um, for be expecting great things in their life tomorrow. And um, so God, I pray that you would speak in and through me tonight. May your word be clear. Um, God, we thank you uh, so much for who you are and what you've done. It's in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. And everyone said? So if this is your first time uh, to H12, um, welcome. Can we welcome everybody here? If, if this is your first time, we have something in common because this is my first time. And so we're in the same boat. So it's absolutely uh, wonderful. But hey, no matter um, how you got here, whether you rode your bicycle, your mom or dad dropped you off, you drove a big wheel, it really doesn't matter. Um, we are so glad that you um, chose to be with us because there's a lot of other places that you can be on a Tuesday night. Um, but you are choosing to be here. Um, and we we greatly appreciate that. And I want to let you know that, um, that, that, that you matter. Um, that you matter to God and that you matter to us. So maybe you're, you came into this place maybe doubting, man, do I, do I really matter in life? I'm going through some things. I don't feel like God loves me, God cares about me. Man, I want you to know tonight um, that, that you matter to God and that you matter to us. I mean, you matter to the, the community that you're a part of. You matter to the school that you go to. Um, you, are y'all excited about school starting, by the way? Yeah, yeah. Y'all ready for something? Yeah. So I'm from Texas. School has not started in Texas yet. It starts next week, all right? And so I'm um, so sorry for you. Um, some of you are already thinking about dropping out. Stay in school. Just do it. It's going to be, we have like, you have like 30-something more weeks. But 
Um, but here's the deal. Um, I, I think as, as we'll share a lot of things tonight, but I think if we can co- kind of communicate one bottom line, one big idea for you tonight, when you maybe get home and you, your parents ask you, hey, what'd you learn tonight, is that, um, that you're the one that God wants to use. Like, God wants to use you. Turn to your neighbor and say, God wants to use you. God wants to use you um, because, because you matter to God. No, no matter really what your background is, no matter what you've come from, no matter what's taken place in your life, you matter to God. Um, and when we mean everyone, we absolutely mean everyone, whether you're a Georgia Bulldog fan, a Texas A&M Aggie, a Gamecock, whether you like country music, whether you, whether you, like, you like rock and roll, you like hip hop, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, doesn't, doesn't matter. But what does matter is that you matter to God. Amen? Yeah. So we've been in the, you've, you've kind of been in this, in this series of, of, of One Matters. And last week, um, Stephen talked about how one kindness matters. And tonight we're going to talk about how one leader uh, matters. Um, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be good. Um, and so when we talk about how one leader matters, it's all about perspective. Everyone say the word perspective. Because I mean, everybody has a different perspective of really what a leader is and who a leader is and what a leader does. Maybe you think, well, a leader is someone who stands on this platform, on this stage, because they have a microphone, or they have a position, or they have a title, or maybe they're, they're, the, they're the quarterback, QB1 on the team, all right? Maybe that, that is what you think. That's who has um, influence. That's, who, that's how your perspective is geared and how it's changed. So your definition of a leader depends on your perspective. Everyone say perspective. All right. Your perspective changes everything. Your perspective changes a lot of things in life and how you live and how you think and how you operate. Your perspective changes a lot of things. All right. So I want to do this silly illustration. Everybody kind of stretch their hand up in the sky. I know, just bear with me. And basically what I want you to do is I just want you to kind of turn clockwise your hand. Look up at the sky, watch it. But what I want you to do is slowly bring your hand down. Slowly bring your hand down. And now it's going counterclockwise, if you look at it. You start clockwise. You start clockwise. You bring it down. It's going counterclockwise. (laughs) Your minds are blown. So here's the deal, nothing changed. Like you were doing this, you're going, you're going clockwise. You go this way and now you're going counterclockwise. Nothing changed, but your perspective changed. Your vantage point changed. You were looking at it from this angle. But now that it's down here, it's totally different. Your perspective of what was taking place has absolutely changed tonight. Everything changes with our perspective. And so I wanna talk about our perspective tonight. Um, and here's the deal, I, I believe, I think that you, I mean, I know you're a leader. When we talk about leadership, like you are a leader. Turn to your name and say, you're a leader. <laughs> All right, turn to your second choice person next to you and say, no, no, you're a leader. All right? And so when we talk about leadership and we think like how, how like I'm, like I'm a leader, you're a leader. Um, sometimes that's uncomfortable for us to say um, because, like, here's the deal. some of you have no problem saying that 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 you're that you're a leader. 
Um, some of you, that's just how you're wired and how, how you're made up. Like, you're you can get into a situation, and you can just run with it, and you can do with it. And some of you, like, it's hard for you to say that, that like, I'm a leader, um, but it's even a harder thing to really even start, like, believing that you are um, a leader. So I want you to think in your own mind, like, the greatest leader that you know. Just think in your mind who that might be. Maybe it's an athlete. Uh, maybe it's a political figure. Maybe it's a pastor that you know. Maybe it's a teacher that you know. Maybe it's your own mom and dad. So I want you in your own mind to think of, this is the most confident person, the most confident leader that I know. You got him in your head? Yeah. Got him? Super. Um, here's the deal. Here's the truth of the matter is you can look at that person, the most confident person that you know, that you can think of, and at one time or another, that person had a very hard time. They struggled believing that in themselves as well. Like, so we, we struggle even with our own selves, saying like, oh, like, I'm a leader. Even the most confident people that we know that's sometimes a hard truth for us to believe. That is a hard truth for you to believe at times as well, that I am a leader. Even when we look in the Bible, when we look in the Bible of like heroes of our faith, some of you are still kind of worked up on this thing, aren't you? I can tell y'all. Y'all are like, yo, can we take a time out? Can we just do this? Uh, but when we, when we open up our Bible and we read scripture and we read about these heroes of our faith, um, people like Moses, um, people like David, people like Peter, people like Paul, like these amazing heroes of the faith uh, that we want to model our life after and we want to teach from and preach from, um, they struggled with the truth that they are leaders as well. They struggled uh, with that truth that, that they're a leader and that God was going to use them. So tonight we're going to look at a story. We're going to look at a story in the Bible, Judges chapter 6. If you're there, say amen. amen. A guy named Gideon. Everyone say Gideon. All right, so basically, let me kind of give you the backstory on Gideon, and then we'll kind of work through some verses. All right, sound good? All right, here we go. So basically, what's taking place is Gideon lived in modern-day Israel, okay? That's kind of what's going, place, what's going on. And for seven years, for seven years, he kind of was being attacked by these um, Midianites, all right? Um, think like mosquito bites, okay? Just like terrible, like Mosquitoes are terrible, and like, who wants that in their life, all right? So these Midianites are just bringing on oppression in their, uh, their, their life, all right? Seven years, seven years of oppression, of being attacked. Like, I don't know if you can, like, wrap your mind around that. Like, for myself, I have a hard time just, like, with seven minutes of feeling, like, attacked, all right? Sometimes when I go home and maybe we're just going to get vulnerable, is that Okay. Um, basically, I go home, had a long day at work, and then come home and realize is that maybe I did not do some of the things that my wife told me to do. The honey-do list didn't get done, and for, for like seven minutes, I'm feeling attacked from her, okay? It feels like a lifetime, and it's, it's hard. I don't know for you. Maybe you go home, mom and dad just tear into you. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. Or maybe you have friends in your life. Maybe on social media at times, you kind of get blasted. That's just a reality. And so, for seven years, can you imagine feeling oppression? Right, people just kind of in your world and in your life, just, just bringing hurt and oppression into your life. This is where Gideon is at. He's just got a lot of hurt and a lot of pain coming at him, okay? So that's kind of where he is at. So for seven years of oppression, um, that's him. Trouble. Trouble is taking place, and basically he moves out of the city. He goes to the suburbs, and he's living in a cave. Uh, not good. Like... That just sounds terrible to me. Living in a cave. He's living in a cave. That's his situation. And he has trouble, he has trouble going to school, right? There's just, it's hard for him to do anything. Going to work. Let's try to paint this picture. It's just trouble for him to do anything and go everywhere. 
That's kind of his life for seven years. Everyone say seven years. So this is kind of where our story picks up. All right, so in your Bibles, in verse 12, this is what it says. Basically, here's, here's what's happening. He's in this cave, and Gideon is baking some bread, or he's making some hot pockets, maybe a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I don't know. All right, this is what's taking place. But this is what it says. It says, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Again, time out. Can you imagine seven years of this taking place in his life? And you're just minding your own business. You're in your own cave, making a little hot pocket, a little ham and cheese hot pocket, maybe peanut butter and jelly sandwich. If you're like, my, I have a six-year-old son. He absolutely loves peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Who likes grape jelly? No, terrible. Who likes strawberry jelly? We have, we have in-house debates about that. Uh, but anyways, that's neither here nor there. Anyway, so, so Gideon, he's making his hot pocket. He's making his hot pocket, and then all of a sudden the Lord says, hey, mighty warrior, hey, mighty hero. Knock, knock, knock. I'm here. Okay, so this is what is taking place in Gideon's life. And says, hey, man, I'm going to use you. You're going to be a leader. Can you imagine getting that for seven years? This is what is taking place. You probably think, um, no, bro, God, I am, I mean, I've been living in a cave in oppression for seven years, and I'm trying to eat my hot pocket like in secrecy. I don't want to be discovered. Life is hard for me right now. I can't go to school. I can't go to work. Everything around me is just tough. That is his life. Doesn't feel like God is with him. Feels like there's no way that, that I'm going to be a leader. I don't feel like a leader. I'm in a cave making hot pockets. Um, and that's exactly kind of what, what Gideon has said. It goes on to say in verse 13, if you're tracking, it says, pardon me, my Lord. Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why is all of this happening around us? Why is this happening? And maybe you came in here today thinking like, why are these things happening in my life? Like, there is no doubt when a crowd this large, um, there is some things going on in your life that are hard. Um, so, so I'm a student pastor in Texas, and um, I want to let you know that, that, that your world is, is tough. A student just a few weeks ago in my youth group, um, man, he, he tried to commit suicide. Like, that's your world. Like, God, where are you? I've got oppression in my life. I've got hurt. I've got baggage. I've got trouble. Where are you? I don't feel like I have any love from over here, from my family. None of my friends are just back talking. There's, God, where are you? Where are the miracles? Like, this is where Gideon is at. He's just having this honest, transparent moment. Why is all this happening around us? What's going on? I think we could say, you could honestly sit in here and say the same thing. God, why is all this happening around in my life? Why are my parents going through this right now? Why are my friends acting this? Why is my boyfriend treating me this way? Why is he asking me to do this? God, why is all of this happening to me? And this is what the Lord says in verse 14. It says, the Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have. Go in the strength that you have and save Israel out of Midian's hands. Am I not sending you? I want to read that again. 
And the Lord turned to him. I want you to envision this. Turned to him and said, go in the strength. We could say go in the influence. Go in the leadership that you have and save Israel out of Midian's hands. Am I not sending you? See, it's in this moment that we see in Scripture that God is bringing up a truth to Gideon and to you. He's bringing up this truth for all to hear is that no matter what situation that you are in, no matter what situation you find yourself in and the circumstances that are going on in your life, no matter what is taking place, no matter how bad or how good, no matter how old you are or how young you are, whatever is taking place, Everyone has influence. Turn to your neighbor and say, everyone has influence. <laughs> so it's like for Gideon. He's in his cave, making a hot pocket. God comes to him, has this conversation. And Gideon is reminded of this truth, the truth that you and I need to hear. We need to preach to ourselves as well as that, man, everyone, I, you, we have influence. Because God, this is, what, this is what God said. Go in the strength you have. And so you, we could say go in the influence you have. Go in the leadership capabilities that you have because you already have strength. You already have influence, but are you tapping into it? Are you tapping into the things that God has already put into your life? How he's wired you, your DNA, your personality. Go in the strength that you have because you already have influence. Like how you walk in the halls of your school, how you communicate in a locker room, how you handle your business at home, how you interact with your parents, with your siblings. Like you have influence. You're going to influence no matter what. You've got a strength and you've got an influence, whether you know that or not, whether you think it's for good or for bad. You will influence. Do I have any introverted people in here? Introverted people. Okay, introverted people are probably like, like, I don't want to talk. I'm shy. I'm quiet. I don't want to really share anything. I just want to sit here. And... All right. It is said, research has, has shown that the most introverted people will influence at least 10,000 people in their lifetime. So just think like, oh, I'm not a leader or I don't have influence. If you are the most introverted person in this space tonight, you will no doubt influence at least 10,000 people in your life. So you've got influence. Everyone has influence, all right? And so this is what I want to talk about, these, these two different types of, of influence, is that you can have a position of influence or a position to influence, all right? So a position of influence. When we think at times of a position of influence, it comes with like a title, like for me to have like influence, I have, to, I have to have a title or I have to have a microphone. I have to be on this platform or I have to be, um, I have to be the head cheerleader or, or the quarterback or I have to be the drum major or I have, to, I have to have some type of title that comes with me. And some of you, you have that. But I want to change your perspective that all of you are in a position to influence. Every single one of you is in a position to influence others. When you go to your school, um, there's going to be people in your classroom. There's people in your classroom that you have the opportunity to influence. God has put people in your life, in your classrooms, in your surroundings, in your sphere of influence. God has placed you there. But how will you influence? Because you're going to influence one way or the other. So you think, well, I don't have a title. I don't have a position of, of, of a title or anything. 
but you are in a position to influence. But how are you going to do that? I mean, you have got people around you. You've got friends. You've got circles. You get together with people on the weekends. How are you going to influence those people around you for good or for bad? Are you going to let God work in and through you? I mean, you've got so many opportunities that are ahead of you. So every single one of you and us collectively, we are always, always in a position to influence of people, all right? So after, says, after God says, go, I'm, I'm sending you in the strength that you have. This is what Gideon says, verse 15. It says, pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but, but how, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my, my family. In other words, um, Gideon's saying, um, check it. Uh, I think you got the wrong guy. I think he's, whoever you're looking for is a few caves down and take a right, all right? Um, you've, got, you've got the wrong guy. So that Gideon, like we have a story. He's this big Bible person that we talk. I mean, he's, his, Gideon's name is on the wall of his church. He's obviously a big deal, right? But here, here he is. He's, got, he's going through some issues. There's some tension in his life. That he had some doubt. He had some weaknesses in his life. And here he is. I think you got the wrong guy. And I bet you and me at times we had, uh, God, I think you got the wrong person. Um, there's someone much more capable. Um, they, have a, they have a title to their name. Man, they're so, they can talk so elaborate. They have this, this, this way about them. Just go a few more caves down. Let me just make my hot pocket. Hot pocket. Anybody seen that comedy sketch? Pretty good. Pretty good. So here we are. We're in this getting up. You know, man, God, I think you got the wrong guy. And we've all felt that at times. We've all felt that at times, like, God, I think you got the wrong person. I, I, I'm not the guy. I'm not the girl that you, you want to think. And so this is the next truth that we want to talk about, that everyone lacks confidence. Like we lack, we lack confidence at times. Things happen around us, and we lack confidence. We always think, man, I, I can't do it. So here Gideon's feeling like, man, I can't do it. You've got the wrong guy. Um, in verse 16, this is what it says. It says, God says, yeah, you're right. You're a joke. I'm going to move on. No, that's not what it says. It doesn't say that. No. What does God say? I, get it, I'm going to be with you. I mean, I lack confidence. God, I can't do this. But God speaks into Gideon's life. God speaks into our lives and says, I will. I mean, I love that phrase, I will. That is a promise. I will. Not I might. I'm thinking about it, but I will. Wow, it was intense. I will be with you. I love that. God says, I, I'm going to be with you. That's what it says, verse 16. So you may not be confident in yourself, but God has confidence in you. So here, Gideon is lacking this confidence, but God says, man, I have all the confidence in the world with you. I, I have confidence in you. So for us, we got to think, God desires to use you. Like, you're the one that God wants to use. So if we come to God in a humble state, in, a, in an attitude, in a mind, in a spirit that says, God, I want you to use me, we offer our lives up as a blank check and say, God, spend me however you want. He's going to rock your world. He's going to change people's lives in and through you by the work that God will do in you. Because you say, God, I come to you as a blank check and spend me, use me however you want. That's when God says, I'm going to use someone like that. You, you think you lack confidence, but I am going to absolutely change the world in and through you. Do you believe that? Say amen. amen. 
Okay, say it like you mean it. Okay, okay, I just need some energy here. I need some energy here, all right? So you may not think you can, but God says no. God does. God believes in you. So Gideon didn't lead because he was the best warrior, because he was strong. He was doing CrossFit or anything. He didn't have the best strategy. That's not him. God used Gideon because Gideon was like, hey, I'm willing to be led by you. Gideon was, was led because God was with him. So your, confident is not, your confidence is not in yourself. Your confidence is in Christ. Your confidence is not in yourself. Your confidence is in Christ. Um, we could say it this way. Um, you're not a leader because you can. You're a leader because God can. That's tweetable. Retweet. Hashtag it. You're not a leader because you can. You're a leader because God can. So no matter how difficult the tasks are that are around you or what is taking place, no matter where you've come from, no matter what home life is like, no matter what school life is from, no matter how good or how bad, no matter how many times that you have fallen and how many times that you have failed and how many times you have given yourself away, how many times you have messed up, I mean, God is with you and God wants to use you. I want you to know that, that there are days, there are weeks, and there are months, and dare I say that there are years ahead of you that will be challenging. Um, but God wants to do something in and through you. He wants, like you're the one that God wants to use. You're the one. We have a broken, hurting world. And God wants to use you as a remedy through the power of Jesus in and through your life. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Say yes, because that's the right answer. Like, we live in a broken world, and God wants to use you. There are people sitting around you today that, man, life is challenging, life is difficult. Um, but God is, wants to use you to help others in and through your life. So Gideon believes that, uh, it goes on to say that basically in chapter 7, it picks up verse 9. So if you have your Bible, go over there in chapter 7, verse 8 and 9. This is what it says. Now the camp of Midian lay below him in the valley. And during that night, the Lord said to Gideon, get up, go down against the camp because I am going to give it into your hands. This is kind of it. This is this moment of truth where it all kind of comes together. Everything is leading up to this moment in Gideon's life. This is it. This is when the rubber meets the road, and this is where we have to, it's time to get up. This is the next point, that everyone has to step up. Everyone has to step up. So, so turn to your neighbor and say, step up. step up. So the rubber is meeting the road here, and basically God is saying, it's time for you to step up and move. Because what I talked about earlier is how we, like, we, we are all influencers. And we all carry a message. Like you carry a message, but what message are you carrying? Now, like I'm a Jesus follower. Like I love Jesus. And if you're in this place today saying, I'm a Jesus follower, like I'm following him. And if you're in this place and you're kind of new, you're trying to figure out who Jesus is, man, we are so glad that you're here. And we hope that you have a sense of belonging. But for those that are saying, you know what, Sean, like I am a Jesus follower. Like I love Jesus. You carry a message. 
And so it's time for us to step up and we are supposed to move with this message because the message that we carry, the message of influence that we carry is we have a message that brings people from death to life, from darkness to life. Do you understand what I'm saying? You tracking with me? That's the message that we carry. We have a message that goes from defeat to victory, from shame to grace. That is our message. That is our influence from fear to faith. From people who have sorrow, we can take them to joy because of our message. We have a message that's people who are just dreading life to a sense of expectation that God is going to do something in and through their life. We have a message. We have an influence that brings people from bondage to freedom, from mourning to dancing. Are you tracking with me? Say amen. Amen. So for those that are Jesus followers in this place today, that we have a charge to keep. We have a church to serve. We have a gospel to proclaim. We have broken hearts to mend. We have hurting people to help and to heal. Heal. And for some of you, you're saying, man, we're just waiting on a move of God. Friends, look at me. We're not waiting on a move of God. Like You are a move of God. But are you going to carry that message? Are you going to be like Gideon? I'm going to get up and I'm going to move with this message. Our world desperately needs that in your life. So it really doesn't matter kind of what maybe you're going through, what your personality is. It doesn't matter where you've come from. You can step up. And you are a leader, and at times leaders will stand alone, even when they're standing for truth. So I'm going to invite the worship team to come up here. This is where, kind of where we're going to land the plane and all that stuff because um, nothing is, is worse um, than we don't step up. Have you ever had that moment when something happened and um, looking back, you think, man, we just, I didn't step up. The opportunity came and you just kind of, you kind of lost it. I mean, nothing feels worse than that moment that you didn't just rise to the occasion. And you're going to have some opportunities in front of you in the days and the weeks to come. And I hope that you would understand that you've got influence. And God is asking you that you would step up, that you would absolutely step up and you would move, that you would carry the message of Jesus, uh, that you would carry the heart and the spirit of Gideon, that you would move, that you would get up. Being a leader uh, means a lot of things. I know it's challenging, but you can step up. This is what it says in verse 28. It says, Thus Midian was subdued before the Israelites and did not raise its head again during Gideon's lifetime. The land had peace for 40 years. Peace for 40 years. Because Gideon took this leap of faith. He says, you know what? I'm going to be used by, I've got influence and I'm going to rise to the occasion. I'm going to get up and I'm going to move. Man, he saved himself and he saved his people. God used him to bring peace to a hurting, broken land. So you may, might be like getting in this moment that you're in your cave making a hot pocket. And the guy wants to come into your world and he kind of wants to shake things up. He wants to breathe confidence into you. He wants to work in your life. It makes you maybe make you a little uncomfortable. And he wants to say, friend, son, daughter, I want you to move. I want you to get up. It is time to carry a message into your school. It is time for you to carry a message into your, into your family. 
Oh, desperate people need to hear the good news. And so I wanna give you maybe a few application points as we think about this. Kind of the rubber meets the road here in this moment is, is that for some of you who think, hey, you can be a great influence in your family. Some of you, maybe you're a part of a dysfunctional family because God wants to give, God wants to have favor in your life and he wants to use you to give great influence. I don't know your background. I don't know your story. I don't know what you're going through. But hearing this truth that God wants to use you and your family to influence. That there's hurt, but you can bring healing. When you say, God, just use me, stretch me. But you are in a position to influence your family. And just think of the conversations that you might be able to have with your mom or your dad or your sibling of how you can influence. So think through your family dynamics of what's going on. Maybe when you get home, be creative how you can influence. Maybe just having that conversation. Maybe it's just doing that, taking the trash out. I know it's tough. Just taking the trash out for mom when she doesn't even have to ask. You just want to serve your family. Going the extra mile. Uh, maybe for some, it's being at school. I know that school has started. And for some students, uh, school is a battleground because of the words that are, that are they're like arrows come into their life. And they are bullied. They're picked on and they're pestered. Bullying happens not because of bad people doing all these bad things. Bullying happens because good people are not rising up to the occasion. They're, they're, they're allowing things to happen, but God might put some people in your life and say, you know, that's not right. That's injustice. So I am going to, I have influence. I will help. I will protect. I will guard. I will influence. Maybe just stepping in, speaking life, adding value to people. So maybe you can help a bullying issue that's taking place on your school campus and open your eyes to seeing what is taking place. And the last one is there's some empty chairs in here. Is you've got people in your life that you can invite and say, hey, there is a seat next to me at age 12 on Tuesday night. I wanna invite you to hear about a story that's changed my life. I wanna invite you to ha have some fun chances are you are here because someone invited you. You heard about the good news and you're here. So you've got a great opportunity to influence some other people. So you've got a great opportunity to influence your family. You have a great opportunity to maybe to eradicate the bullying that takes place on campuses. And you've got a great opportunity to influence people that are not in this space to hear the life-changing message of Jesus. So I want that to be your homework. If, I'm sorry, that's a bad word. I know, homework, my bad. I don't mean to step on your toes. But this message has got to go through these doors. It's got to. You carry a message. What message will you carry? You will influence. How will you influence? And I hope that maybe as this school year will end, that you can look back and say, man, I I was in so many positions to influence people and I took full opportunity of it. God used me in great ways.